So what's going on everybody? Welcome to another episode of Kickback Conversation. This is your boy, Brandon. Yo, I'm gonna tell you, Married at First Sight, we are talking about that today. Married at First Sight Atlanta. Now listen, <laughs> I did an episode last uh, season on Married at First Sight and it was so well received. Like I got so many messages and DMs from you guys saying that you agree, you disagree. It was so much uh, really uh, great um, feedback. And I said, you know what? I got to do it again for the for my people. So this season, we're going to do another episode. We're going to kind of just do a short recap um, of just of the season so far of what some of my takeaways are. We're going to actually get to some um, uh, of my Patreon kickback conversations crew. Uh, some of the questions that you guys have submitted, I'm going to answer in this pod uh, for you. So thank you for your support um, to the pod. And... I'm just going to go through all the different couples as well as talk about my dating experience in Atlanta. Okay, so let's get to it. First and foremost, when I found out that Married at First Sight was actually going to be filmed in Atlanta, Georgia, I said, this is going to be a mess. This is going to be a disaster because dating in Atlanta, Georgia is a disaster. A lot of you guys who, who know me, who've known me through the years, know I am one of the most positive, upbeat people you ever meet. I will see the good in something. I will see the positive in something, even when nobody else does, right? <laughs> so I'm that kind of person in the chaos or catastrophe you want on your side because I'm going to see the good. But let me tell you, I lived in Atlanta, Georgia for a few years and dating was a disaster. It was, it was, like, it was like when somebody tells you that restaurant's not good and you hear them, but then you go to that restaurant and it's the worst food that you've ever had in your life. That was dating in Atlanta. I'll just say like a quick, uh, you know, funny dating story. I remember going out with somebody. We were really connecting, um, had a good time. We were grabbing something to eat, just talking. Um, this particular person, she had went to grad school in D.C., where I'm from. And she, you know, we, it was like we had, had some of the same experiences and stuff like that. I think we knew, knew somebody similar to. It was just like the, the date was going extremely well, right? Um, the traction was there for both of us, all of that, right? So being a gentleman that I am, I walk her to her car after we eat and she asked me, she said, I forgot to ask you, how long have you lived in Atlanta? And I said, at that point I had lived there for, I don't know, let's say it was like eight months or whatever. And I said, yeah, about eight months or whatever. And she was like, whoa. And her whole like disposition changed. Like everything changed with inside of her. She was looking like, why am I here now? Like, I'm so upset. And she said, I don't know what you're trying to do with me, but you got to go sow your wild oats before, you know, you ain't been here long enough. All these women going to be over you, on, on you in Atlanta. And you a, a good looking, straight, successful man and all that. She was just telling me all this stuff. And I was like, how do we get here? <laughs> like, we had such a good, a good time. And she just like, I'm good. I don't want to date you anymore. You know, I can't date you. You have to like go out here and do your thing first. And I was like, whoa, welcome to Atlanta. And I remember so specifically, one of my homeboys had ran it, uh, had uh, invited me to his church um, maybe a few months after that. And I went to the church. He actually flaked. It was so funny. He actually flaked. He was like, yo, man, you got kind of taking my church out or whatever. I go to his church and then on my way to the church, he's like, yeah, bro. My NFL team is playing, so I'm not going to make it. I forgot. I thought it, I thought it was at uh, 4 o'clock. It's at 1. Boy, I won't be at the church. I said, how you going to invite somebody to church and not make it? <laughs> but anyway, the funny part about it, as I was leaving that particular church, I ran into this woman. She was one of the greeters. 
And and I kind of like, you know, when you kind of had that last, you know, the first date, you know, at the end didn't go well. So I was just like, I ain't gonna say nothing, you know, like, what's up? And she was like, hey, what's up, Brandon? Da, 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 da. You know, how you been? Did you know I go to this church? Like, is that why you came today? And I was like, girl, I ain't talked to you in months. <laughs> so it was really an awkward moment. Um, but dating Atlanta can be very tough, right? Especially for, uh, you know, black, black folks. It can be it can be very difficult uh, for a number of different uh, reasons and variables. So going to Married at First Sight, I knew this season was going to be tricky because it's so many different factors and layers and things of Atlanta that a lot of people who don't live in Atlanta don't even really know what that's about. Right. You have people there trying to invent themselves. You have people there who just think that, you know, especially a lot of brothers who think that they, you know, all that because you know it's the, the the ratio or whatever like it's, it's a lot of different factors that you deal with when you when you date in atlanta so i wanted to talk to you guys about uh before we get into that and just i'm going to in this episode just kind of go through each couple i'm saving chris and Paige for last so you got to tune in because i have a really uh some 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 a lot i have some really good take takeaways from them as we're analyzing their marriage um and all of the things that have happened that we've seen on the show so far but I want to just take some of our say our Patreon questions that I'll answer right now and kind of get get you, you know, hopefully in the comments, you guys uh, will give your perspective and your feedback and everything like that. Make sure you please subscribe uh, to our pod. We love you and thank you. And shout out to our Patreon. They are the ones who make this thing go. They're the ones that make us be able to do some really incredible things um, every quarter supporting single parents and just giving back and all the things that we're trying to to do as a part of the podcast all right so first question comes from robin shout out robin patreon um, from washington dc uh why <laughs> her question is this it's good too um should married at first sight match non-church goers with church goers okay so i think she's alluding to uh, Ryan and Clara, and we'll get to them later on about that. But to answer your question, Robin, I think that's something that should be in the intake. While when they are when they're getting to know people, when they're asking those different things, um, that should be something that really should be in the intake. Like, are you a churchgoer? That's something that's important to you. Is that a value for you? Because if that's a value for one person, it's not a value for another. That means that every um, week you're going to have a segregated household right somebody's going to be at church somebody's not and that could take a toll on a marriage could take a toll on a relationship uh, especially if you're trying to have kids as well um, the kids can become divided um, in that whole process of mommy's going and daddy's not or daddy's going and mommy's not or what have you so i do feel like they, that should be part of the vetting process um, as a relationship coach that's something i ask people because i want to figure out how important your faith is to you? What does that look like for you? Um, because if, if that other person, that's not their that's not their jam, like that might not be a fit for you, you know? And I think that's something that's very serious. Um, it's not like, oh, this person is a foodie, one person's not. Like this is a much more serious value-based uh, thing that we have to really talk about. So shout out to Robin, great question, Robin from DC. All right, next up, we got Lee from Brooklyn. Lee, what's up? Shout out to you. Thank you for supporting the pod. Um, Lee asks, why does Paige not value herself more and know her worth? Does she want to be married this bad? Okay, so lots to unpack there. I think Paige, when it comes to like, like, I feel like with her, 
it's tricky because it seems like she grew up in a two-parent household or like her parents are people of faith and it probably told her marriage is going to be tough stick it out you're going to have a lot of issues communicate work through it um there was times where you me and your father or me and your mother we we, we, we thought we were going to work um we had things we had to overcome so stay stick stick through it god has a plan for your life and i really feel like that's what she's been kind of like taught in her upbringing coming from her household so it seems to me that she's trying to give this a chance even though these issues are coming up from day one they're coming up very early in the process um and they're they're not even like yellow flags they're red flags like i mean just waving red flags um but i do feel like there are a segment of people just in general who really really want to be married very very bad and they just like it's like they'll put up with a lot because they like yo i don't want to be by myself or i'm at a certain place and my biological clock is ticking uh, my marriage clock is ticking all of those different things so i, I think that that's kind of the, the the issue there and i think that she could say she I, I think she is a woman of self-worth but i think that she has been blindsided because we've never seen anything like this on the show where somebody has had this many bombshells dropped on you um, at the same time, you know, so not, not just the attraction thing and you're intimate with the person and then they're not attracted to you and then they got a baby on the way and then they still got feelings for their ex. And I, I mean, it's all, it's, it's just like bombshell after bombshell. They have a hot temper. They don't communicate. They're clashing with other people. So it's so many different things to unpack there. And I think that hopefully um, we're rooting for Paige. You know, I'm, I'm rooting for everybody black and Paige. <laughs> all right. Uh, another question from Tracy from Philly. She says, do you think Chris is using Paige's faith to manipulate her? This is a good question. Thank you, Tracy, for the question. I do. I feel that um, there are some people of faith who, and I, and I don't want to be in a position to, 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 to judge anybody's faith or what they're, where they're coming from or what they believe in or what they don't believe in. That's not for me to judge. It's only for God to judge. But what I do think the Bible says that, you know, by their fruits, you will know them. And I think the fruits that uh, Chris himself said on the episode when they were at the dinner table after he had to blow up with um, uh, Virginia and Clara, um, he said, I have not been a man of God because he has not been a, a good example of a man of faith on this season. He hasn't. He said it with his own lips. Um, even when they, him and Paige sat down and they prayed and everything like that, he was like, Oh, okay. He said a little prayer, but it's like he has not illustrated to to uh, Paige what a man of God looks like, and I think he's also taken some of those things, and he knows that her her heart is in, is um, faithful and into God, and I think he is using some of that level of manipulation when it comes to these things that is just uncalled for, and and um, and that's one thing I would say: you can play with a lot of stuff. Don't play with God. Don't play with God. And we'll get on, I'm going to get on Chris a little later and tell you what kind of guy I think he is because I've seen this guy before. Chris is not an original. I've seen, I've seen him before, especially in Atlanta. I've seen that brother. He, that's a lot of them brothers like that. Yeah. So we'll get to that a little later. Thank you, Tracy, for the great comment. I think we'll take a couple more. Uh, Jen from Arlington, Virginia. Shout out, Jen. What's up? Thank you for supporting the pod. She says, do you feel what Chris is doing to Paige? is a form of emotional abuse great question uh jen and i do um anytime that you are physical with somebody anytime that you are uh 
at that level of commitment in a marriage situation or relationship situation, no matter if it's a weekend or what have you, and you let this person continue to, to waffle in the wind because you're not really uh, firm on the decision that you want to make or what you want or if you want to be with them, if you want to be with their ex, um, that's emotional abuse. And he, 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 he puts it in the way of, oh, I'm just being, you know, real with you or, you know, I'm just real honest and da, 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 da. But he's not really being um, understanding of her feelings and what she signed up for. And, and they took vows like this is um, this is really, really um, controlling, I would say, in, in some ways, um, because I feel like if you um, knew that you were not attracted to this young lady when you, and you went on the show and you went through through with this, the physical element should not have been introduced. It just shouldn't have like that is irresponsible as a man. He allowed his hormones or, you know, alcohol or whatever it was to get in the way of that. Um, because I feel like that's when you start playing with somebody and that's when you become hot grits eligible. Everybody know them hot grits. You you, look, when you get to a woman, when she looking at that, them grits on the stove and she's stirring and she looking at you like, yeah, you about to be eligible for these. <laughs> like that's when you get to a bad place. And I think he has had some level of emotional abuse when it comes to Paige, um, with this roller coaster of emotions that he's taking her through. And I think part of that with Chris is Chris does not know who Chris is, right? So it's hard to be uh, conscious or aware or sensitive to somebody else's needs on what they need when you're not aware of who you are. And I feel like his family has insulated him. I feel like his family has not allowed him to um, take accountability for being a man and stepping up and those kind of things. Um, and I think that they've created a monster. They've created somebody who is used to just saying whatever he wants to say or doing whatever he wants to wants to do without some any level of consequence. Um, thank you for that question, Jen. Great question. And all right, so number five is from Dre from Los Angeles. What's up, Dre? Out in LA, man. Appreciate you supporting the pod. He asks, he says, yo, Brandon, I did not like how Chris was talking to Virginia and Clara. It was mad disrespectful. He's probably from New York originally. All right, what's up, Dre? <laughs> he says, what should Chris have done differently? Okay, so here's my thing. Everybody saw the, the, the episode where Chris is talking to uh, Claire and Virginia, and Virginia's like, I'm here to support Paige. I don't really care about you. I'm supporting you know, my, my girl. As a man, I've learned this and I've seen this in my life. It's never a good thing for you to engage in an argumentative situation with a young lady and think that's going to go well, right? Especially with a young lady who's married, got a man right there. Like, I just, it can go, it can go so many different ways. What I think in that situation when Chris, when Virginia and Clara, they say how they feel, especially Virginia, because she was coming kind of hard at them. I would have been like, yo, Virginia, I respect how you feel. That's your girl. You know, like y'all, you know, I get that. And I'd have been like, all right, thank y'all for, you know, I appreciate it. And I would have walked away. I don't feel like it's worth it to continue to have a conversation. And it makes you look kind of weak, like a weak dude. Like, why are you sitting here arguing and getting in the face of a, of, a, of a woman, man? Like, that's some weak stuff, right? And I think, you know, you have to be better than that. Like, no matter if she was a little, you know, drunk or she had a little something to drink it or, or, or she was sober, it doesn't matter. Like, it's just not appropriate for you to 
come at a woman like that and get in her face and you know all this other stuff and come you know you know tit for tat it's like are you auditioning to be on a, a, a be a housewife on atlanta bro like you know what i mean like that's messy stuff that grown men we just don't get involved in and we and you become the bigger person like it's it's, it's no upside for that and not to not to mention you talking to another man's woman like this because i'm gonna tell you right now <laughs> i ain't gonna hold you if as a man, when you have a woman and some other man wants to be all up in her face or he wants to be yelling and screaming and talking to her any kind of way, we got a misunderstanding. We have a problem that we have to has to be addressed. And I'm not mad at, at uh, you know, Eric later on checking him and saying, bro, you can't talk to my wife like that. Now, I will say, I think I would have done it differently at the dinner table. I would have said, Chris, hey, man, can I can I holler at you for a second? And I would put him to the side. And just had a, a man-to-man conversation with him and just real respectful and been like, yo, I appreciate that. You know, look, you know, if you have problems, man, you can dress with me. But look, you can't talk to my, my wife like that, bro. You know what I mean? That's just not a good look. You know what I mean? And please, can we just not, you know, let's, not, let's, let's make this not happen again. I would, we had a conversation, but to the side, I think when he did it at the table, um, it creates a different dynamic. And then people start feeling attacked. All of us have been at work at some point um, at a corporate job or government, whatever you do. And you, you know, when somebody calls you out in front of everybody, your peers, your reaction is different than if they, they pull you to a side and address it in a respectful manner. So I think that could have been a different thing. But but to your point, Dre, nah, bro, we're not having nobody talk like uh, we're not we're not going. We're not doing that. <laughs> All right. I'm gonna take a couple more. Um, let me see. We got. Um, Melissa from New Orleans, she asks, LA, uh, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Melissa from New Orleans, Louisiana says, how should Eric address Virginia's alcoholism with her now that they are married? Great question. Thank you, Melissa. Shout out New Orleans. Uh, what up, baby? <laughs> um, no, nah, I think that I agree with you. I think that he needs to address that because evidently it seems like there's a, there's an issue there. There's a problem there, um, that she always needs a drink. Um, I think there's some people who say, you know, hey, I want to go out. I want to have a, a drink with a friend or whatever, or they want to have a glass of wine with a dinner. You know, you, you, you can understand those things, but it seems like she's always intoxicated. It seems like she's always in the morning, afternoon, evening. It doesn't matter what time of day. She needs a drink. Right. You know what I mean? And I think that has not been uh, a good look. And I think that he should address that with her in the sense of saying, hey, listen, our future so bright. I want to, you know, go, go, go with this future with you. But we have to address this because it can cause issues. And the, the, she said it's a problem. Like, I, th- I think he needs to hit, hit it head on um, and maybe um, find her some help um, or th- just do, do something to, to help his wife in, the, in that regard. Because I feel like that it's going to rear itself even more in an ugly way as they, they get deeper into their marriage and find out what's the what's the catalyst besides her just wanting a drink is it something that she gets anxiety with that she gets stressed like what what where is this this coming from that makes her feel like she needs to have a drink i think that's what i how i would approach it but um definitely i think he should he should address it all right and i think we got one more so i'll take one more question last one we got uh ro uh from baltimore shout out ro um, she asks, um, she was a question for the experts about Chris. Like, did they do a thorough background check, a psych evaluation? 
because there were so many red, red flags that were clear, um, even at the wedding uh, reception and so forth or whatever. Um, great question. Thank you, Ro, for that, that question. Um, I think that they should have done a little bit. I mean, I think Married at First Sight does a lot of uh, digging. And I will say this, too, and to keep it in context, I think you don't have a lot of men who are just readily excited about doing Married at First Sight, especially black men. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, so I think the, the pickings are kind of slim. I don't think that they had like the best of the best and brightest, honestly, um, who were just, oh yeah, sign me up. You know? So I think when you have a, 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 a smaller pool, uh, to, to pull from, um, you can make, you can make, you can make mistakes. And I think that's the thing that, uh, that they, they should have done a little bit more due diligence on. I think it's hard for the baby thing, um, because we don't know if that young lady was telling anybody, um, you know, that she was pregnant and all that kind of stuff like that it was something she was keeping private. Um, so I don't know if they could have done due diligence on that. Um, even if they were to interview her. Um, so I think that was kind of the thing, but I think, uh, they could have spent a little bit more time with him. Um, but I believe not only did he manipulate Paige, he might've manipulated Dr. Pepper and Viviana and, and Pastor Kyle, because I feel like they all kind of like got swept into his web of, of manipulation. So Great question, Ro. Hopefully this season will be a, a learning lesson for the experts as well, that maybe they need to do a little bit more when it comes to uh, screening can eligible candidates uh, to be on a show to make sure they're getting the right type of people um, to go forward so that they don't have, that this Paige Chris incident does not happen again. So now that we got our Patreon questions out the way, shout out to all those folks. Um, and continue to support uh, patreon.com forward slash kickback conversations. Um, I wanted to go do an overview of what I feel about each couple, right? And I'm gonna start with Jacob and Haley. Jacob and Haley, Jacob's kind of a weird guy. He's a kind of a weird guy. Anybody who's eating nothing but red meat and eggs, I'm a little concerned about their life. You know what I mean? <laughs> that is not a, that's not a, like a, 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 a normal thing. It's a little weird. It's a little strange. And I think that, um, yeah, he's a weird guy. But as we kind of are getting to know Jacob more in his marriage, because I feel like we didn't really have a handle of him on him before, um, he seems like he's really in this. He seems like he really wants to make it work with Haley um, and try to see what they can, can, can do. The thing that I've noticed about them from the, from very, like, the very start, it just doesn't seem like Jacob and Haley have a lot of chemistry. And chemistry is something that you cannot teach it's not something that you can just, you know, happens overnight. It's like kind of you kind of have it or you don't. And I don't, I don't feel like Jacob and Haley have a lot of chemistry. I feel like their chemistry is lacking, um, which makes it hard for their relationship to unfold. Um, in a recent episode, we've seen that um, they were intimate. And now Jacob feels like Haley's acting different toward him, which is funny because that's a lot of times what happens with the woman, where the woman is intimate with the man, the man's acting different, right? So we see this kind of role reversal, and she's not necessarily communicating as much as she, she wants to. Maybe she's trying to spare his feelings, but I just really feel like Jacob and Haley, I don't think they're gonna make it. I don't think so, because it doesn't seem like they have that natural chemistry, and that she really wants to move forward um, and go forward. And, and of course, I mean, he was kind of weird. He was talking about his house and himself a lot early in, in the show. You know about oh you know his sauna and all this other stuff and everybody's just like okay huh? <laughs> right you know so i think that was a thing but i will say if it's true what we heard that Haley said 
in Vegas that she was going for a girls' night. And then he, he went downstairs later on and found her talking to all the couples and they like scattered because she didn't want to be with him. I think that's just wrong. Um, even if you don't necessarily want, like, I just feel like be, be real. Like if you're in a relationship, like be real in that relationship and say, hey, I just need some time. I just need some me time for a couple hours. Like, and I think your partner should understand that. We all need me time. We all need time to unwind or just whatever, but to lie about it, because I always tell people, reverse it. If Jacob was lying saying, yeah, I'm gonna go hang with the fellas, and then he was hanging with all the couples because he didn't wanna be around Haley, like we would've, we would've went in on Jacob, right? So I just feel like we need to really address that. And I, I, I like, they're, they're, they seem like cool people overall, but I don't think they're gonna make it, unfortunately. So Jacob and Haley, I hope you guys find love, man, in, in, in another way, because it doesn't seem like that, that's gonna be the, um, the couple that makes it. Ryan and Clara, all right, interesting couple. Um, Clara was that that like a uh, flight attendant. Uh, she's like that girl who's like, who got a little flavor to her. You know what I mean? You can tell she dated some brothers in the past. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, and and she admitted that you know in the show and that kind of thing. Um, she's very kind of spunky, spicy, fun. Um, and Ryan to me is somebody who's very just straight laced, kinda. Um, very routine, um, very comfortable in those routines. Um, so I think the experts, when they matched them, were thinking that that could balance each other out, that she can make him have more fun, but he she, he could also provide some level of stability for her uh, when it comes to just like day in, day out routine and all that kind of stuff. Um, it seems like they're doing okay. It seems like they've kind of bought into the process of we, we want to be married and we want to see this through. Uh, we want to get to know each other through this process. Um, I think their biggest challenge so far has just been the, the religion thing. Um, it, it seems to me that Clara grew up in a in a environment where maybe like she grew up with organized religion and, and something went wrong, as she kind of alluded to. And, and it's hard to come back from that because those are some deep scars that she probably has with her faith that she has to work through. Right. So Ryan is going to have to be super patient with her on that. And instead of maybe like forcing her to go to church or throwing a whole bunch of church, 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 church stuff at her, I think what he's gonna have to do is be extremely patient and loving and caring. Um, and her, his parents are gonna have to be the same way. And that Clara falls in love with Jesus through their actions and how, how, they're, how she's being treated by them rather than all the other uh, different things that maybe she's uh, had some hesitancy with. And, 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 I, and maybe it, it will work. So we'll see. Um, I think it's a big question when you're having kids with somebody, how you wanna raise them? Are they gonna go to church? Like, are we doing devotion as a family, and family worship? Like all of those different dynamics uh, come into play with faith um, that I think you have to get resolved and you have to like really, really work out. So Ryan and Claire, I think they're gonna work. I have a, I have a feeling, I just have a feeling that they're gonna work. I just think that they're committed to it um, it seems like they come from two really good um, families that want this to work. They have an infrastructure and a network of, of, of a village of, of people who want them to work. And I think that um, they're going to figure it out. I think Ryan has a temperament that is actually really good for Clara from what we've seen so far. He's not a hothead or whatever. He's just a steady guy. And I think that's going to steady her um, and allow her to you know, be um, who she wants to be. Um, I think one of the episodes he was saying kind of like, 
you know, we don't have to always say what we what we think. I don't think he was trying to censor her. I was just, I was, I think he was trying to say like, yo, sometimes we we just gotta let let things go, you know, because it can it can make things worse if we're always involved in in that kind of stuff like that. So Ryan and Claire, I think they're gonna work. Our first, I think it's our first interracial couple that we've ever seen on Married at First Sight, which is interesting to see that dynamic work. Um, I think it plays a little bit better too because as Ryan has admitted, he's grown up in uh, majority white schools and that kind of thing. Um, so I think that it's probably a, a, a not as a big transition for him or her because of what of how their dating habits have been and their background has been um, in, in getting into this interracial relationship. All right, Eric and Virginia. <laughs> The pilot and the party girl, that's what I call them. Eric, so I think Eric is a guy who is steady. He really wants to be married again. His first one wasn't a real marriage. It was kind of like a, you know, whatever. Um, and I think that he really wants that for her. I think he has some really strong opinions of how he feels about things that Virginia is just like, uh-uh. She is somebody who does not want to be tamed. And any man who tries to tame her, she's going to bucket that. So I think that he's gonna have to find a different way to communicate his messaging. So some of the things that he's saying, I feel like he's talking good things. Like I do, I hear him on like guy friends. Like it can be challenging. We had a whole pod last year about opposite sex best friends, right? So it can be challenging in any relationship, but I think he's gonna have to really be a really excellent communicator um, as he navigates this with her. Um, but it seems like they both want to make it work. It seems like he has a level of stability that she desperately needs. And she has this youthful energy that makes him feel young. So um, they have an age difference. Um, I think it's one of the, one of the first times we've seen the kind of that age difference, um, even with Jacob and Haley's little age difference. Um, but it seems like it works really well with, with Eric and Virginia. So I think that um, we'll see in the coming weeks how that all shakes out and go from there um but i do feel like the alcoholism part she's he's gonna have to dress with her um i think him being a pilot and being away at times they're still gonna have to figure that thing out and they're gonna have to work that thing out as well but i feel like they are committed to working this out um i feel like even though i don't think virginia is somebody who's ready for marriage ready to be a wife or, or a mom i have a lot of questions um, with that with love her level of maturity and her lifestyle and all that kind of stuff, if she's ready to take on that, um, I think she's gonna see it through because I, I believe that she believes that Eric is a, is a really good man um, that really does adore her. And I think she wants that stability and she wants that. So I think they're going on decision day, uh, choose to move forward. We'll see if I'm right. We'll see if I'm right, but I think that's what that's the case. Wanna hear your comments in the, in the post um, and see how you guys uh, feel about Eric and Virginia. All right, Vincent and Brianna. Vincent's my favorite guy on the show. I like Vincent, man. Vincent, cool, man. Vincent is like a real expressive brother. Remind me of myself a little bit. Like, he's not afraid to tell his lady, like, yo, I really appreciate you having my back. Like, you, you got me, man. Like, you good, you know, like, and, um, and I think being an entrepreneur, like, having that support is really big for him um, because he's not doing it for himself. He's doing it for his family, his legacy, and for his wife. Um, and his future kids and all that kind of stuff. So I think he's a good-hearted guy um, who really wants to um, be here. He really wants to be married. And I think he's their chemistry seems like it's really electric. 
Um, it seems like they have the best chemistry on the entire show this season. Um, it's just very natural for them to be around each other. I think they just enjoy each other. Um, but they're going to have some growing pains, as you kind of already see that um, he wants to be the leader. He wants to be the man. And Brianna is kind of bossy. And she's a little, a little direct. She's a little strong. I don't know if she's used to uh, having that role of being a little bit less, um, you know, as far as a little more submissive in, in that regard. Um, but I think to make their marriage work, they're going to have to figure that balance out of how they talk to each other, how they want to be talked to, and all that kind of stuff. But I'm rooting for Vincent and Brianna. I think they're going to work. I think they're going to uh, they're going to go past decision day, and good things are going to happen for them. It seems like they just are a solid couple, and that they want to figure anything out um, together, and that they 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 want to be here. They they're committed to the process, and like, like people, I've heard people say for years. Marriage is a process. It's a choice every day. I want to be here. I want to make it work. I want to figure it out. Um, we're going to have some tough days, some rough days. We're going to have some challenges that we didn't see coming. But it seems like Vincent and Brianna have the, have the, um, the, the, the good, good friendships and good people around them. And they, they, they at heart, are good people who really wanted to work. And I'm rooting for them. Last but not least, we're going to get to Chris and Paige. <laughs> so much to say, so little time. So... I'm not gonna hold you, but Chris, to me, uh, is an arrogant, materialistic, insecure, manipulative um, man who you have to watch out for. He is definitely the the the, the, the wolf in sheep's clothing. And I'm I'm a, I'm gonna point a couple of things out for you guys. Number one, and I think I mentioned it on another on another pop. This brother. The first question he asked his new wife, Paige, was, well, what do you do? Watch, he got to watch people like Chris. Chris is the kind of guy who asks you a question, ladies, not because he wants to hear the answer you give, but he wants you to take that question and ask it back to him. Because as soon as she said, oh, well, what do you do? He was, I'm the youngest black owner of a restaurant franchise. I got this going on. And this. like he wanted to just go in. He asked her, the second question was, do you have a tattoo? She asked him, do you have a tattoo? Oh, actually I do, I just covered it up because I was engaged and that, like he's trying to like ask you questions so you'll ask it back to him. That's not somebody trying to have a conversation, that's somebody with an agenda. Yes, an agenda. <laughs> so I think that that's a big part that we have to um, really kind of notice, notice day one. Then we get to the reception. Um, and his dad was like super disrespectful. Like, yeah, she got a body. His dad looks like Spice Adams. Everybody has said it. I know it. His dad looked like Spice Adams doing like this, you know? He looked like the old man at the club who be like, hey, let me buy your drink, little lady, who smells like Old Spice. He got a Jesus piece on. You know what I'm saying? He got, he got the, linen, the, the two, linen two piece on. You know, you, you know that guy. Yeah. That's his dad. The old creepy dude, right? And I think that that's mad disrespectful for your dad to be checking out her body at the reception. You just met this lady for five minutes and you, oh, yeah, she got a body on it though. I ain't gonna hold you, you know? So I think that was respectful. Um, and he didn't say anything. He didn't check it or whatever. Um, having your dad or your boys or everybody looking at your wife like she, she like raw meat, bro. Like that's, I don't think that was a good look. And then to, to, to say, to her friends, this is your first time you meet her friends, and you talking about, yeah, I just think that, you know, she's not the woman I, I traditionally wanted, 
But she, you know, she what I need. Whoa. <laughs> Did that come out your mouth? Like, what? And I just think that he says stuff that just really is really reckless. Um, a lot of you guys have asked, too, like, should her friends have said something to her? I think yes. I think you don't know this guy. You just met this guy for the first time. I know y'all are married now, but I feel like as a friend, you need to say, you need to let that person know that conversation. Whatever Paige is going to do with that information is her business. But maybe she wouldn't have slept with him, him night one. Maybe she would have waited, you know what I mean? And maybe things would have, and let things play out a little bit more and all that kind of stuff. But I just feel like he was reckless with her friends and saying all kind of crazy stuff out of his mouth that was just not good. Um, and I think Paige is the kind of woman, she seems very well-rounded. She seems like the kind of woman that most men want, you know what I mean, to settle down with. Cause she got like that, like spiritual side. She's really sweet. She seems very positive. She got herself together. She got a little sensual side. You know what I mean? Like she got all, like all of the, all of the different sides to her um, that most men would like, would like do anything to, to find that type of woman. You know what I mean? Um, and I think that, you know, it's 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 really sad. It saddens me that all of her. Uh, talent and ability and who she is as a person is being wasted on Chris, right? And this is the funny part. All of y'all have been dragging Chris. Would y'all want Chris, who seemingly has a little bit of money or change in his pocket, or would you want broke Lawrence on the couch? Because y'all drag Lawrence from Insecure. I bet many of y'all ladies will sign up for Lawrence now. He'd be sleeping right on that couch if, if it was between Chris and Lawrence. <laughs> and, and I think another thing, Chris also said that he had a decision to make. He got a job when he was in Florida and the decision was about, do I get a car or do I get an apartment? He chose a car. Ladies, if that, is that the man that you want to make financial decisions as a husband for the rest of your life? I'll wait. No, no, he's reckless. And then the, 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 to get to the, like I said, him not wanting to tell Paige, him sleeping with her, and then the next day telling her, oh, I'm not attracted to you. But you just had sex with me twice last, last night or this morning, like, and you ain't attracted? So that told me like the character of who that person is too, right? And then her, then again, she talks to his parents and the parents are like, and the, the first question when she opens up and she's trying to get some clarity because she feels probably hurt as a woman, having just slept with this man who's now her husband and then him saying he's not attracted to her. And the first thing that the mother says is what? Was alcohol involved, baby? Come on, ma'am. Ma'am, from woman to woman, that's the first question you ask? Your new daughter-in-law who's opening up to you? Not okay. Um, and I just feel like the whole baby situation, he has just not handled it the right way. And Chris is the kind of person who's going to do his thing. He's going to have um, emotional outbursts. He's going to have reckless behavior. He has, he's going to have anger issues. And he's going to be the dude who puts a nice suit on, takes you out to dinner and apologizes and says it's never going to happen again. And it's going to happen, about, it's going to happen the next day, right? So you have to ask yourself as a woman, do you want to be caught in this cycle of abuse? Do you want to be caught in this, in this maze of misunderstandings and making you feel inadequate? Or do you want better for yourself? Um, so I do not think Chris and Paige will make it, for the record. I hope that Chris and Paige do not make it. 
because I don't feel like Chris is a good human being. I think he's been exposed. And any guy out there like a Chris, bro, you got to do better. And you got to watch your back because high grits is coming, bro. I'm trying to tell y'all, y'all keep out here playing with these women feelings and, and, and marrying them and telling me you're not attracted to them. And now I am attracted to you spiritually. And all. you just playing a lot of games, bro. Got to be careful, man, because it's not the right way to roll. Public service announcement. Do not mess with these ladies out here like they with their emotions because it can go real bad, bro. You know what I'm saying? For your safety, bro. I'm just telling you man to man. Um, so this season has been, man, it's been a lot. <laughs> and we're not even through it yet. I, I can't wait to hear you guys' comments. What you think, who's going to make it for decision day? Um, what you would do in, in each relationship if you were one of these couples, whether it be uh, Chris and Paige or... Um, Vincent or Brianna. I do like it that we do have, you know, two black couples, uh, one who are doing things the right way. They seem like they are a healthy black couple and one who's not on the same show. It gives us the contrast of what's going on and what we, many of us face who are, you know, when you're dating and you're, you're getting to know people and you have friends who are dating, you see the two different contrasts. And I feel like that hopefully we can get better from it. We can avoid those pitfalls and and go from there. So also in the comments, I want you to answer this. Would you get married at first sight? Like, would you do it? Like, would you go on a show? Like, would you commit to that process, right? I don't know, right? So let's see. I, I love to hear from you guys. But this has been another episode of Kickback Conversations. Married at first sight Atlanta. What? What is going on? Like, what is going on? Uh, peace up, A-Town down. <laughs> All of that good stuff. We out of here. We'll see y'all next time.